we are blessed. Our scripture lesson this morning comes out of the same place it's been for the last couple of weeks. Uh, you should have it marked pretty well by now. Uh, Second Chronicles, way over there in the front, chapter 20. We've been going through that that verse, that whole, pretty much that whole chapter, uh, and uh, talking about, as uh, Aaron was talking about this morning, Jehoshaphat, and what that means and what that story can mean uh, in our life as we uh, seek to follow our Lord. We at First uh, Evangelical Presbyterian Church believe that the Bible is true. It's God's truth. Every little piece of it. It's living. It's active. It's uniquely and fully inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's the only infallible way of faith and life. So we need to know what it says. We need to pay a lot of attention to what it says especially in the world we live in today. So here God's word as it comes to us. I'm going to begin reading on verse 24. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, and they looked toward the horde, and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them in great numbers, goods and clothing and precious things, which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. They were three days in the taking. In taking the spoil, it was so much. On the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Baraka, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore the names of that place has been called the valley of Baraka to this day. Then they returned, every man to Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets into the house of the Lord, and the fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet. For his God gave him rest all around. Let's pray a moment. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word, your truth. Open our hearts to receive it. Let us embrace your truth, Lord, as the way we ought to live, as where we know hope and victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we wrap up our little series. It's uh, only been three weeks, and so it's kind of a little series. Uh, I know you did the, the, the book of Romans. That's a big series uh, in those kind of things. But this was a little one. But we're wrapping it up this morning uh, with a, a, a victory, a victory lap, if you would. 
for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at uh, the story of Jehoshaphat and the kingdom of, of uh, Judah and how they had been uh, surrounded and were being attacked uh, by three large armies of nations around them. Uh, it was kind of a triple threat that was nothing that they could even hope to match. And so here, the, the king, who represents the, the whole, the king was, was filled with fear. He was terrified, indeed. And so when he came to his senses, he, he thought about it, and he brought God into the conversation, which is sort of what we should do. And uh, the Bible says he set his face to seek God. That's what you and I need to do when trouble appears on the horizon. When we seek God, we need to, to spend time with God and get in His presence. We need to ask Him for help. This is all things Jehoshaphat did. We need to listen to His voice. We need to do what He tells us to do. Maybe no matter how silly it might sound or seem or feel. When Jehoshaphat set himself to seek God, he and the entire people of, of Judah began to fast and, and they bowed before God in worship and and, and I love that little turn of phrase, and they stood before him in praise. Remember that? They surrendered themselves. They gave themselves completely to God. And when trouble comes, and it will come, and you probably already know that, you may be right in the middle of a bunch of trouble, you know that. Surrender yourself to God. That's the first, first thing we have to always do. Joseph had learned that when you seek God, you hear from God. Over and over in Scripture, God tells us, you know, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you shall find. If we listen, if we want to, to hear from God, then we, we need to listen. And when we listen, He will speak. He will speak. God told Jehoshaphat exactly what to do. He said, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged or dismayed. In, in other words, just trust me. Trust me, Jehoshaphat. Trust me. Now, that's usually not what we want to hear. We want to hear, do this, do that, take this pill, do that thing, go see this doctor, you know, do this exercise, eat these foods, do these things, or go see this counselor, or talk to, say this to, to your wife or to your child. Or We want a prescription, don't we? Well, God gave Jehoshaphat a prescription. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. And then he told him to stand up, to stand up to his enemy, to take a to look his enemy straight in the eye. And he told him to do it now, right away. Don't put it off to tomorrow. Don't put it off to next year. Don't put it off. Don't keep kicking the can. Kicking the can is not a godly thing. I think we can pretty much assume that and say it's pretty straight away. And oh, do we love to kick cans. <laughs> we all do. I do. We all do. We need to... to Confront the enemies, confront the needs, face to face, straight on, and stand in a spirit of faith and worship the God who's called us victors, not victims. Stand firm in faith. We talked about that last week. And God would say the same thing every time we have a battle in front of us, every time we have a need that confronts us. As an individual, as a church, we need to stand in faith. We need to look it straight in the eye. God will give us victory. He tells us. He fights the battles. He says that over and over again to, to uh, Jehoshaphat and to Judah. 
Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Why? Because the battle is mine, God says. I'm going to fight it for you. It's my battle. It's not your battle. We need to understand that. You read in the book of Ephesians that that we're facing principalities and powers on high. Our enemy is not just other people. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle that you and I deal with every day. It's a spiritual battle that we deal with as a church, as a congregation. We live in a world that's, that's not godly. That is not godly. And we kind of liked it when we thought it was. Hope you got all those words right. When we thought it was. But this world's never been a godly world. Not since Adam and Eve were booted out of the, the garden. It's been a fallen world. And a fallen world has fallen principles and practices. And that's the world that we live in, you and I. We shouldn't have much, much uh, of a problem understanding that when we look around us at things that happen in our world today and what our world stands for. So God tells Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, you, you meet that world face to face. And you do it now. You don't put it off. You do it face to face. And my steps will be guided by praise. My steps will be guided by thanksgiving. My steps will be guided by worship. Believe in me. Believe in God. Believe in God and God alone. And have victory. That's where victory is found. And that's the only place victory is found. Because in Jesus, you and I, we are more than conquerors. Paul said, more than conquerors. So God tells Jehoshaphat to to go out into the wilderness and face the enemy. Go down to the wilderness of Tekoa, he says, and face the enemy. They were creeping up through the the gorges, through the canyons from the wilderness of Zin, which is down on the bottom, and they were coming up from from Ingola, uh, and they're coming up those treacherous, treacherous gorges to get up into the, into the plains where they can do battle with Jerusalem, with Judah. God sends Judah down to meet them. They didn't know what they were going to have to do. They heard. They heard. The battle is mine. They knew. But usually when the battle is mine, are we talking about the victory or are we talking about the process? How about you? We think of that, don't we? Is the battle mine? Is, am I supposed to be involved? Well, yes, we are supposed to be involved, but we're supposed to be involved only in the way God tells us to be involved. So what did God tell Jehoshaphat? Go down to the wilderness. He didn't tell him that you're going to have to die there or that some of you might die there. He didn't tell him that there's going to be a huge battle there that you're going to have to be a part of. No. He just told him that the victory is going to be mine because I'm going to fight the battle. I'm going to fight the battle. So what happens next? The Bible says as they were praising God, the invading armies turned on each other. And the enemy almost destroyed itself, didn't it? You look at the story and beginning in verse 22. And when they began to sing praise, this is the people, this is Jehoshaphat and, and, and God's people of Judah. When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab and Seir, who had come against Judah. 
And so they were routed. They were defeated. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. Now, you know, that, that would be a sight to behold, wouldn't it? That would absolutely be a sight to behold. The Bible says that, it all, that, that, that the spoil, the, 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 the results, the, 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 the treasures that were on all these now destroyed soldiers took three full days to gather up. We're talking about a huge, huge army. A huge army. I love what it says in, in, in verse 25. He says, When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found nothing among them. Or they found among them in great numbers, goods and clothing and precious things which they took for themselves until they could carry it no more. No more. When they came to the watchtower in verse 24 and overlooked Overlooked the valleys, overlooked the plains, and they saw all this destruction. The watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde, and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. In this particular instance, God fought the battle, God won the battle, and the people of God did absolutely nothing but collect the spoils. Of that victory. Three full days. Think about that. And then on the fourth day, verse 26, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. And this is why in verse 26 it says, This valley is called Baraka to this day. Baraka means blessing. Thus, the valley of blessing. And here's how the story ends. In verse 27, they returned every man to Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy, you can imagine, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries, and they heard when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet. For his God gave him rest all around. This morning I want us to, to focus on experiencing the valley of blessing. Experiencing that place of, of a great windfall. A spiritual windfall especially. Where good things come your way. Where things you, you hope for, you wish for, you pray for. They happen. They happen. They're not just out of reach somewhere else. Happening maybe to someone else or, oh, I sure wish we could, we could grow as a church like those churches, those other churches grow. Oh, I wish I, I knew Scripture like those other people know Scripture. Oh, I wish God was as real to me as He is to so-and-so or this person or that person. No, we don't have to wish we can experience that valley of blessing. We can experience, we can know it. We can, we can be the participants, we can be the recipients 
of the abundant blessing of God. You know, right now you might be looking at the enemy still, right there on the horizon. Right now you may be, be knowing that there's an enemy coming. You can see him out there. He's, he's going to attack. He's going to hurt. He's going to set you off track. There's always enemies. Always going to be enemies. I want you to know, though, that a valley of blessing awaits. A valley of blessing always awaits the children of God who are obedient to God, who walk in His path. In verse 15, he said, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed. Hear that? Hear it again and again and again. This battle is not yours. It is mine. Now, here are some things I want you to keep in mind, to keep in your thoughts about experiencing the the valley of blessing in your life. And one of the very first things that we glean from this story is that we need to position ourselves according to God's direction and wait on Him. I'm not good at waiting. How about you? You know, I like to get her done. You know, let's go, Lord. Let's move. You said the, you said the victory is yours. Let's fight the battle. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. He says in verse 17, Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. What can we do? Think about it spiritually. Think about it as we, as we are saved. Our soul is saved by God. We have to stand firm in that knowledge because there's a whole lot of stuff that tries to erode it in our life. A whole lot of stuff that tries to take it away. But we need to stand firm in it. As we stand firm in it, then we can see that salvation play out in our life. We don't need to wait till heaven. We're overcomers now. We're victors now. Oh yeah, heaven awaits. A bigger, bigger, bigger valley awaits. Better than we can ever think or imagine. But that same truth waits right now. As we walk as children of God, as, as, as men and women of God, in His path and in His truth, And we let Him fight our battles because they are indeed His because we are His. There's going to be times when you have problems that you can't personally conquer. In the natural, we cannot conquer. In fact, you know, when you count them up, that's most of them. Truth be known. Truth be known, most of our real problems, real problems, (laughs) we're helpless. We are helpless. What, what this lesson tells us is that we need to put ourselves where God wants us to be as we confront those problems. We need to put ourselves where God wants us to be and then wait. Doesn't mean you do nothing. Doesn't mean you wait for these problems to fix themselves. <laughs> oh, heaven forbid, we do that too much. It does mean that we continue to pray. It does mean that we continue to trust. It does mean that we continue to offer praise and worship and thanksgiving as we put ourselves in a position to God do what God does, the supernatural. God does a miracle. If it's a relationship, we keep communications open. We do what we can do. We listen. We wait. We wait. We're waiting on God. If it's a health problem, we seek medical advice, sure. We seek all the wisdom we can get from anywhere we can get it down here. But no, that's the natural. 
Not the supernatural. I haven't met a supernatural doctor yet. And you won't meet one either. We might think they're supernatural every once in a while because they can sure do some mighty, mighty, mighty beautiful things. But it's, it's not them. It's God. God fights our battles. God fights our battles. So if you're facing a health problem, seek medical advice. Take care of yourself. Eat right. Do right. Behave. Pray. Wait. Wait for God. When life throws more at you than you can handle, stay faithful, stay consistent, and keep walking and waiting for God. Here's the second thing we need to do. We need to focus on God and His goodness and His faithfulness and His love and doggone it, not on the enemy. Focus on God and all of His attributes which are for us. For us because we are His. Focus on that. Not the enemy. Not the enemy. You know, when the battle is just beginning, God's people in verse 22, what did they do? They began to sing and praise. They began to sing and praise. On the fourth day following the battle, God's people gathered in the Valley of Blessing. In verse 26, where they praised and blessed the Lord. Keep looking to God. And don't get distracted by the enemy. It's like Peter when he got out of the boat and he walked on water. And he did walk on water. We'll talk about that some Sunday. He walked quite a ways on water. But when he looked at the enemy, he began to sink. Same truth. Have you identified the common denominator in all of this? Maybe in this entire story a little bit? It's praise, worship, isn't it? Why are we here? Why are we here? You know, we, we have lots of things we do. I mean, we collect cans and food and stuff. We're going to crop walk. We're going to do all these nice little things. And they're, they're, they're good. They're good. That's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. Those are all natural things. They're natural things that God can use in mighty ways. Thanks, thanks be to God. But they're natural things. We're here to, to praise Him, to worship Him, to lift Him up. I hope you remember what the chief end of man was last week. The chief end of man? To glorify God. They glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Let's not lose track of whose we are and who we are. In every situation, God wants our response to be praise. Praise. Praise Him when you seek His help. Praise Him when you're stepping out in faith. Praise Him when He's given you victory. God wants His people to praise Him, to glorify Him, to honor Him, to worship Him. You know, the Bible says in, in, in Psalm 22, 3, He says, God in, inhabits, if you would, or dwells, or is enthroned, depending on which version you want to read, on the praises of His people. That's what God desires. Similarly, Paul said in Thessalonians, the scripture reading we had this morning, give thanks in all circumstances, not some, all. For this is the will of God 
You want to know what God's will is? Give Him praise. Give Him thanksgiving in everything. In everything. Because then you're letting Him fight your battles. You're letting Him give you victory. Because that's the only way we're going to have victory. Is to allow Him to give it. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, right there. At every stage of a crisis, whether it's despair, whether it's faithful obedience, or whether it's a stage of victory, you need to remember that praise and worship is always at the center of it. Praise and worship is, is always what gives us the impetus and the power to go forward. Don't forget. Don't forget to recognize the, the, awesome, the awesome power and grace of God. Praise Him and say thank you. Praise Him and, and glory in Him. And just keep on saying it over and over and over again. You know, you can't say it too many times. Here's the third thing I want us to consider. That the valley of blessing, this valley of blessing, is our testimony. It's the ground of our testimony and God's witness. When you've been there, others will take notice. Others will see that. You read it in verse 29. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. That's the reverent awe of God. They knew that this God of Israel was some God. Look what He did. Look what He did. Look what they did. They didn't draw a sword. They didn't do any natural. It was all supernatural. They just obeyed. Put themselves in a position where God could move. Praised Him, worshipped Him, thanked Him, and God moved. God moved. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, according to the NIV. I love the way they said that, at peace. For God had given him rest on every side. Three armies, three big armies, conspired to attack Judah because Judah was in their eyes weak. And worldly speaking, they were weak. Worldly speaking, they were vulnerable. But God wanted to demonstrate to these other kingdoms, to these other folks who were looking in, to the world around them, that Judah wasn't weak and vulnerable. Oh no, far from it. They were in fact strong in the power of the Lord. And he wanted to make sure that Judah's neighbors got that message. That here's where truth is. Here's where the true God lives and abides. And these are His people because they worship Him. They believe in Him. And they love Him. I think that's why God made this into such a public spectacle. You know, sometimes <laughs> problems may be more public than we want, to be, want them to be. You know, we kind of like, if you're like me, a little bit of, we'll just kind of let it deal with it on the side and and I thank God and I praise God when, when He does things in my life and He blesses me. And, but I just soon we not make a big parade out of it. In this particular case, 
God made a spectacle, didn't he? When trouble comes into our life, we don't always like everything to be public, but public battles lead to public victories. And God was partially in the business here of not just showing Judah and Jehoshaphat who he was, but he was showing all the world around them as well. Here are some things I want you to keep. I want you to know. By prayer and by the power of God, every obstacle can become a miracle. Everyone. And for the glory of God, every miracle can become a spectacle, a testimony, if you would, of who God is and what God can do. That's why we're when we've been to the Valley of Blessing, we need to do what the people of Judah did. And we need to march around with harps and horns and trumpets and all that stuff, making as much noise as possible, not being, being hidden at all about who God is and what He's doing, proclaiming to all who would listen, praise to God who has given me victory. That's important. Not only for Him, being that we are serving him, but for us, because it's so true for us. We all face obstacles. I just remember what I said. Every obstacle can become a miracle, and that's God's purpose. You've ever heard someone say, well, my life is sort of just one little thing after another. <laughs> I can't hardly keep up with all the little things. One problem after another. And some people feel that way. And, and I can understand that after a series of battle after battle after battle. But I want you to understand that as you and I live in Christ, life isn't just a series of battles. While it is, at one level, it isn't just that. It's a series of victories. It's a series of victories. Our life, my life, your life doesn't have to be defined by the word trouble. I'm always in trouble. I'm always in the red. No, Jesus said he came to give us life to the full. What do you call it? The abundant life, right? The abundant life. And if you want, if you want, you can change how you're defined from trouble and weak and poor to victorious to an overcomer. And the word would be power, blessing. Every time troubles comes, and it will, seek God and seek His face. Surrender yourself totally, totally, totally to Him. Trust God. You know, we don't trust God enough. Trust Him. Trust Him and walk in obedience to what He desires. Listen to Him. Where does He want you to go? What does He want you to do? How does He want you to tackle this impossible problem? Praise Him. Worship Him. And stand firm. Face the enemy because you know that He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. And remember, 
Don't ever cease to thank Him. Don't ever cease to worship Him. Thank Him loudly and as often as you can. And let me assure you, that's very Presbyterian. We don't have to act like, oh, we're supposed to be quiet. I know we talk about how we're God's chosen and God's frozen, right? No. <laughs> we're not frozen. We might be that, like that little duck on the, on the pond. You know, it looks very gentle on the surface, but underneath those little feet are just digging, digging, digging. And that's what God wants from us. We don't have to be jumping up and down, but we have to be digging, 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 giving Him praise, giving Him thanksgiving, lifting Him to Him in prayer, obeying Him with what He wants us to do with our neighbors and our friends in the world that's around us, letting Him manifest Himself through us. That's what this has been all about. It's a series of victories, one after another after another. If we thank Him loudly and we thank Him often from the heart, then we'll live in peace, just like Jehoshaphat and Judah. We'll live in peace because